0: Greetings in the wonderful name of Jesus. Tonight, it's so good to be in the house of the Lord. We are excited about what God is going to do in this service tonight. Amen. Can we just lift up our hands, lift up our hearts, and tell the Lord, Lord, we want to surrender all. Dear God, we want to surrender all the kingdoms of our heart to you tonight, oh God. Oh, we want to see you high, lifted up, God. We want to see you on the throne. Hallelujah. Almighty God, the King of kings and Lord of lords, you are my King, you are my Savior, you are my God. Tonight, Lord, I've come here to give you the glory, I've come here to give you the honor, I've come here to give you the praise. I know you're worthy tonight, God, you're worthy to receive all glory, you're worthy to receive all honor, you're worthy to be exalted, oh God. Oh, Jesus, 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 we love you, we love you, Jesus.
1: man It's just awesome, though, you know, when you when you think about all the things. And the Bible says, he was talking to Peter, he said, take up your cross and follow me. That's what's great about heaven is because all of a sudden, we don't have to carry that cross anymore. All of that burden that we we, we, we live with, day and day on earth, that burden's lifted off of us, and we're in heaven. A lot of people will, will look at you and say, I, I, I can't see his, his eternity being all, all that great, you know, just sitting there worshiping God all that time. Look at him and just like, have you ever received the Holy Ghost? <laughs> I'm just saying, because when you've got the Holy Ghost burning and dying of your soul, you say, worshiping God for all eternity? I'm in with it. Let me go. I want to worship God for all eternity. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. The Bible says you see power when you receive the Holy Ghost. If be witnesses unto me, this is Judah and Samaria and all the othermost parts of the earth. When you receive the Holy Ghost, you have that power to become a witness that nobody can deny. Because when you have the Holy Ghost, nobody can deny that. Nobody can deny the power of the Holy Ghost because the power of the Holy Ghost, it heals people. The power of the Holy Ghost, it, it casts out devils. The power of the Holy Ghost makes somebody speak in another language they've never heard, never learned. It's just something about the Holy Ghost. Anybody else have some good? Oh, Carl, go ahead. Power of prayer, hallelujah, God is so good. Amen. God is so good. <laughs> I was uh, reminded when she said that I was laying there in my bed listening to the Holy Ghost radio. And I can't remember the, the preacher's name, but he was talking about being separate from the world. And then there's something about, it says that God is a jealous God. And so that means every second you give to another God, that means that God is sitting there jealous for your attention jealous for you to get a hold of you and say hey i'm the one that's delivered you i'm the one that saved you i'm the one that blesses you and you are giving your time your effort your money to these other gods and and by the way this is this is not a a commercial but if you guys have a smartphone get on holy ghost radio apostolic preaching 24 7 but what i the whole reason i said that is because there's something about when you get a hold of and say I can't give my time to anything else. I've got to I've got to put all my time in Jesus. I'm not talking about your job. I'm not talking about your work. I'm talking about going to the ball games and worshiping the gods of sports. I'm talking about going and sitting in front of your your your, your devil box, the television, and, and pouring all of your mind and your attention upon something that gets glory to Hollywood actors. I'm talking about giving your time and your glory into man rather than God. God says, Oh no, I want all your time. I want all your love. I'm a jealous God. You belong to me. You've been baptized in my name. you become my child. You're part of my family. You are my bride. We are the, the church is the bride of Christ. You are my bride. And I don't want you to spend any other time with anybody but me. You know, when, when you have a, a newly married couple, you can't get them apart. You cannot get them apart. They are with themse- each other constantly. You want to talk to one, the other one's always there. There's no private conversations when you're newly married. God wants it to be that way all the time. You can't split me and Jesus up. You ain't going to get me to concentrate on anything because every time I look at you, I'm going to be thinking Jesus while I'm talking to you. Jesus everything. That's my motto. I hope it will be yours. Jesus everything. Anybody else have something good to say for Jesus? Bell? Amen, amen. God is so good. God is so good. Anybody else? Something good to say for Jesus? All right. Great testimonies. Thank you very much.
0: All right. God is awesome tonight. I think I'm ready for some preaching and teaching from the Word of God. Tell you what, let's good old Oklahoma boys, when somebody says it's T bone steak time. Woo wee. I don't know if she should have been here a couple of weeks ago when we had that homegrown beef that we grilled at the Hurley's. We come back and told you about it. Oh Lord, hallelujah. You almost have to pray through when you hear about beef that good. Amen. Well, spiritually speaking tonight. God wants us to go past the babes that desire the sincere milk of the word and move on and get a little bit of meat of the word in our life. So tonight we want to go to the book of James, James chapter number one, verse number 22. Could you stand with me in honor and respect of the word of God tonight? James one, verse number 22. All of the Bible is important, but let me tell you, Brother James had a very, very good insight into some things because he spent some time with Jesus. From all indications, James was the half-brother of Jesus, and so he grew up with him, and he had a great ministry, a great work of God in his life. We see that James became the pastor of the church in Jerusalem, and it was a great and mighty work of the Lord. So James chapter number one, verse number 22. Be, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer. He is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whosoever, verse number 25, but whosoever looketh unto the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he, being not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. And I want to preach to you tonight on a subject I have entitled, Free and Blessed, Freed and and blessed. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask God to anoint our ears to hear the word. Dear God, Lord, we ask you to reach down tonight and anoint the ears of each and every individual to hear your words tonight, O oh God. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing power that I feel in this pulpit tonight, O oh God. God is your oracle, Lord. Let me bring forth thy word, O God. Let me proclaim the will of God. Dear Jesus, we have come with faith in our heart, believing. and you've got a work to do. Lives you want to speak into, God. We praise and magnify your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You may be seated tonight. Just in this short passage that we read tonight, We see the word coming forth and proclaiming unto us that we are to be doers of the word. And he challenges us and he reminds us that we could just be a hearer only. We could be one that just hears it and doesn't do it. And as a result of that, we would be one that is deceiving ourselves. I want you to know tonight, it's a terrible thing to be deceived by the devil. It's a terrible thing to be deceived by a false prophet. But the worst thing that I can think of tonight is deceiving yourself. You say, why preacher, why is it so bad to deceive yourself? I want to tell you tonight, if the devil is deceiving you... As the anointed preacher of the Word of God, I can come by and bring the Word of God into your life and shine some light on it. There's a beautiful thing about getting light shined on some things. Because when the light is shined in, you begin to see something as it really is. That little cream puff that you thought you bought, you found out it's a rust bucket. The noonday shine comes in and you see that there's rust everywhere and you see that it's got those baldy tires on it and you see smoke coming out of the tailpipe and you, and you hear that motor in there bumping and rattling like a corn grinder. The light shines on it and you begin to see it as it really is. But when you are deceiving yourself, When you're looking at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm going to be all right just like I am. How can the word of God come in? How could the anointed preacher come in and bring daylight to you? How can I raise you up? Because suddenly you brought yourself into captivity. Suddenly you have allowed yourself to become captive of the... Of the devil you have submitted to the will of that which is evil by declaring that I know what is right for myself. I want to tell you tonight, you've got to make the absolute determination in your life that the Bible is going to be the ultimate authority in your life. You're not going to depend upon man's wisdom. You're not going to depend upon the government. You're not going to depend upon science. You're not going to depend upon the almighty dollar. But you're going to put your trust in the Word of God. Because I tell you surely tonight, heaven and earth is going to pass away. It's all going to burn up with a fervent heat. But the Word of God abideth forever. Forever in heaven, His Word is settled. When you put your confidence, when you put your faith in the Word of God, you've got something that is going to last throughout all generations. I don't want to see anybody deceived. But I want to tell you something, when you hear the Word of God, in order for it to profit you, and we all like profit tonight, There's none of us want to go out and plant a garden. We plant three ears of corn, three kernels of corn, rather. And when the crop grows up, we get a plant that's only got two kernels on it. We scratch our heads, I just went in the hole. I had three when I started the process, and now I've only got two. We're all looking for that increase. We don't want just a few kernels of corn on that corn plant. We want ears of corn full of kernels. There's something about the increase that we're looking for. We're looking for our labor to, to pay off. We're looking for the reward that comes. And I want to tell you tonight that the God has promised us the law of the harvest. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. There's some people that don't value prayer very much. You say, how in the world do you know that preacher? Because they're not investing in it very much. If you thought prayer was a great return, you would be invested in prayer some more. I want you to know tonight, God wants you to be a doer of the Word of God. What you hear, if you'll put it into practice, you will be blessed and you will be free. The bondage comes when we are one that lets it come in one ear and go out the other ear. You see, there's so many things that are competing for our attention. There's so many things uh, that are vying for us. Uh, I see it as the airwaves that are out there. There's hundreds of signals that are floating through the air tonight. Uh, you got AM radio, you got FM radio, you got cell tone, cell signals that are going forth. All different types, GSM, all this different types of signals that are going forth. You've got the signals from the the ham radios, the private radios, and you just keep on going down the line. Do you got Uh, cordless phones, you got Bluetooth that's flying through the air tonight. Uh, There's all kinds of signals that are out there. Matter of fact, you've got UHF wireless floating through the air. And that's the only thing you're hearing tonight. Because you're tuned in and you're listening to what the Word and the preacher has to say. And all of those signals are out there in life. And sometimes we can get a lot of static. There's a few of us that got a few gray hairs, and we remember the day of AM radio. Whoo, Lordy, oh my. I tell you what, my dad, he couldn't wait till it got dark, because when it got dark, he could turn in on that radio and get WBBM from Chicago, Illinois. The big station in Chicago would reach all the way down to Podunk, Oklahoma at nighttime because it could cut through all of the chatter of the day and all of that was forced away and we got a clear signal. Tonight, God is wanting to bring a signal into your heart and into your life that I've got something I want you to do. I've got something that will work for you if you will put it into practice i want you to know tonight i'm not building myself up i'm no great wonderful person I, i've just been following god around seeing all his goodness and mercy and i'm just glad to be here tonight but i've been around the band a little bit in the music industry okay our family had a music business and at one time there in that music business we had uh a total of nine different music instructors i think we had we had four guitar instructors and five piano instructors we we taught a lot of music there uh, my sixteenth year my sixteenth birthday I sold fifty two pianos and organs that year so i've been around the music industry just a little bit uh and there was a guy named Joe, and God reached down and touched Joe and began to work in joe 's life and Joe was very very talented on the guitar and when I tell you that i've been around some talented people I know I know guitar talent when I see it and I know i don't have it okay hallelujah. And a lot of it's my fault because I got behind the keyboard of that computer and I was a lot more interested in what uh, that binary stuff was and that uh, basic programming language and those spreadsheets and those word processors and all that good stuff. And I'm glad I am because uh, I'm making a living with computers tonight and Joe's not making a living with a guitar, okay? But uh, Joe was awesome on the guitar. I loved to hear Joe sing and play on the guitar oh hallelujah there was some blessed days there but joe you see had a problem drugs and alcohol had a hold on his life and he had tried to break free he had tried to to get through and i I prayed with joe and, and we've worked with joe and i taught joe the word of god and oh my joe had a problem too with this wicked woman that was always bringing the devil back into his home just put it that way get a clue folks when somebody shows up they always bring the devil with them just realize that those are not the kind of people you need showing up in your life That's right. right. tell them and their devil y'all leave until you separate you come back without the devil i'll be glad to see you You come back without your sin, I'll be glad to see you. Hallelujah. But Joe fell back into the weak and beggarly elements. The things that were around him began to swallow him up. I kept praying for Joe and kept reaching out to Joe. And finally when God did a work in Joe's life and He got clean of all those drugs and all that alcohol. And Joe was sitting in my living, in my dining room at the table. We'd fed him a meal, and I was talking with Joe. I said, Joe, if there's one thing that I could tell somebody that was struggling with addictions, how did God help you overcome these terrible, terrible addictions you had to drugs and alcohol. How is it that you got through it all? He looked at me and he said, Pastor, I want you to know. He said, I had to come to a place and a point in my life that when I got up in the morning, the very first thing I did was to begin to pray and to ask God, God, what is it that you want me to do Today, And he said, I didn't have any preconceived ideas. I didn't have any ideas that I was going to work to get today no matter what. I was going to go see Fred today no matter what. I was going to fix the washing machine no matter what. He said, there wasn't anything there except a heart that knew that I must find out what would please God today in my life. And then he went to God in prayer. And he said, when I got to that place, and I would begin to call upon God, and the godly counsel of godly people in my life, he said, things began to turn around. I began to have new friends in my life. I began to to forsake the old places. I didn't go there anymore. I wasn't a part of those people anymore. I was seeking after that, which was good. And I want to tell you, God wants you to know that you can be a doer of the Word of God. There's awesome power in prayer. You can make up your mind that I am going to look into the perfect law of liberty because I want to be blessed. Are you willing to pay the price tonight for success? And I want to tell you right now, the world's definition of success and what true success is, Are so far apart you won't even find them in the same dictionary. That's right. That is right. But I challenge you with the Word of God. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? What does it profit a man from Thomas 3 and 1 if he becomes rich and successful and has no family? Loses all his family. Tonight. You're going to have to be willing to pay the price. In order to have success. You see everyone is seeking after. Something in life. Most people don't even really know what it was. I believe there was one time that Cortez the Spanish explorer, come on, history buff, I'm on the right guy that was seeking the fountain of youth here. Hey, man, all that education didn't fail me, did it? He was seeking after the fountain of youth. He was traveling, looking for something, because he realized what my Uncle Woody realized way, way too late. Mankind needs peace with God in order to be happy. Right. Right. When you're at war with God, you're going to be at war with your fellow man. You're going to be at war with yourself. And there can be no happiness and there can be no peace when you're at war. But there is a peace that passes all understanding that God can give unto you to know that He is the author of and also the finisher of your faith. That word finisher there is not in the case where that means God's going to finish you off, that God's going to take you out, you're not going to be in existence no more. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the author. He's the one that created you. When he saw you, he, he saw you were fearfully and wonderfully made. He created Adam and said, Oh, what I've done is good. That's right. That is right. But you see, there is the people in our world that are the finishers. Brother Andrew was talking today about how that he hoped he didn't have to go into the concrete racket this summer. But the guys on that job that gets the big bucks, they're the finishers, ain't they, brother? They're the guys that know how to go out there so that when that concrete is all set... That it's smooth, nobody wants concrete with big old rocks sticking out here over here it's sagging down, and over here it's humped up, and no, you want that smooth level finish, and it's looking for somebody that has an expertise to put that finish on it. Speaking of fifteen dollars an hour it was nineteen sixty five from my memory. Tonight, my daddy was a carpenter in Dallas, Texas. He was a Finnish carpenter making $15 an hour. Because it took somebody with a lot of skill and a lot of patience to put the trim up because that was the object everybody was going to see the finishing touches, the things that made the project look complete and made it look sharp. God says, I want to be the finisher in your faith. There's some rough edges on you tonight. There's some things in your life that just ain't the way you want it to be. There's some things in your life that's not there yet. Hey, man, we're not where God is. Is taking us tonight. We're on a journey like the children of Israel that are in the wilderness. God has brought us here to Seminole, Oklahoma, but we're not going to die the way we are tonight. This church is not going to complete the race where we're all tonight. We're in a race and we're going somewhere. But I want to tell you, God's not finished with us yet. Amen. He started us out and oh, it was a great start that we've seen. We have a revelation of who he is tonight. I know who Jesus Christ is. He's the mighty God in Christ. Reconciling the world into himself. I know tonight that all power in heaven and earth is in the name of Jesus. The sick are healed in the name of Jesus. The new converts are baptized in the name of Jesus. Oh, when I have a need, I call on Jesus. I didn't have a year, I didn't have a month, I didn't have a day, I didn't have an hour, I didn't have a minute. Oh, it was just a matter of seconds on that interstate off-ramp there in Little Rock, Arkansas. That one-way street was... I was on and there was a car coming on the two-way and it's supposed to go to the right or to the left. I could hear the police sirens behind him. They were chasing this guy. He was doing 50 or 60 miles of hour. Here I was looking at him straight on when I realized what was going on. It was just a millisecond that we had. We called on the name of Jesus. Rather than Him coming in, the angels just picked that car up and turned it around. Hallelujah. I want to tell you something. When you need Him, Jesus is there. Jesus is there. There's power in the name of Jesus. If you'll call on that name, He is the author and finisher of your faith. He has promised, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you. I will go with you even to the end of the world. There's just so much wonderful stuff here in the book of James. He starts out and says, My brother, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. You say, man, how in the world can this trial, how in the world can this trouble, how in the world can this adversity be something that I want to praise God for? Well, when you begin to see it from God's eyes, hallelujah, I didn't didn't see see much joy in it at the moment. I didn't see any blessings in it at the moment. Here's my father having heart trouble in the Heart hospital in Oklahoma City. But somewhere, God's plan was Brother Thomas from India, a man that needed to hear the truth again. We reached out. He was getting ready to leave and go back to India in a matter of a couple of weeks. God, use the circumstances. Because my father was willing to pray, God, just use me any way you can. Just use me any way you can. God, I want to be a vessel. I want to be a tool. I want to reach out to somebody. All around you, There's opportunity to do the work of God, to find peace, to find help. He said, knowing that the trying of your faith worketh patience. I'll be honest with you. I don't have very many people that come into my office and say, Pastor, I just got way too much patience. Pastor, you're just going to have to help me be a little bit more impulsive. I just can't seem to do nothing without waiting, waiting, and waiting, and waiting, and waiting on it. It's not our nature to be patient. When do you want it? Yesterday. How do you want it? without no work how much do you want all of it is give me everything but he said let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire now we all realize the blessings to having the entire object you just think about it I got this great and wonderful car I've even got a title to it I just love to sell it to you at a bargain price It just doesn't have a motor in it. (laughs) No, 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 no. We don't need any more fixer-upper projects that we don't know if we could ever get her fixed her up or not. We want the entirety. It's amazing what people will try to peddle off on you. There's people today that are peddling relationships with God that have big holes in them. They're not giving you the entire picture. They're not giving you the entire message that is proclaimed. If my eternal salvation is dependent on it, I don't want the cliff notes. The guy that wrote them may be a flunky. I want the original source that has the complete document that I make sure that I'm getting my complete deal. Because there's something about it. I want all the benefits of the kingdom of God. I've tasted in a few of them and they're pretty good. I just don't want to leave anything on the table. If it's mine and it comes from God, I want it. I can't understand people that say, Well, I've been delivered from holiness. Huh? I I I, What kind of good response can you give to something like that? Be ye holy, as God is holy. It's you know what they're really saying? They're saying, I've been delivered being like God, I don't have to be like God anymore. Well, what's the alternative? All right, you got it. If you're not being like God, then you're going to say, I'm going to be like the devil. Well, no, that's crazy. I want what God has. I want to find out about this holiness stuff. If God is holy, I want to find out about it. He's got a reason. He's got got a, a plan that he put together for his people. And I want all of God's plan that I can get I because if something is missing then I'm going to be wanting. I had this Chevrolet Spectrum one time. It wasn't much of an automobile to start with being it was a four-banger before Chevrolet knew how to make four-bangers. And I was going up The hill on Interstate 35 over there, Badavis, you got the Arbuckle Mountains. I don't know if you've ever been over there in that area. There's some beautiful, beautiful mountains over there. Turner Falls area, it's a beautiful place, but uh, it's not a little potato hill like we got around here, okay? Uh, It's a big potato hill. Now, I've been to Colorado and I've, I've saw Pikes Peak. They had an avalanche on it, it didn't get to go up to the top. So I, I've seen you know, a real mountain. That's not a real mountain, but it is a it is a real potato hill, okay? And I was in this four banger and I had it to the floor and I was going to work. And all of a sudden that thing bomb boom boom boom. And I was going sixty five, next thing I know I was doing about twenty. And so I pulled my little vehicular off the side of the road, and I popped the hood, saying, there's something weird going on. I've never had this happen before. I've had some weird things happen. Hey, man, we had this guy donate a van to the church one time, and he didn't tell us the reason he donated it to the church. Is because when he changed the oil, he forgot to put the new oil in it, and he drove it a week. And anyway, I was going down the road in that thing, and uh, it went boom, boom, bat! but it stopped after that. There's a big old hole in the side of it. Lots of oil coming out. But that wasn't the same thing that happened. And I got to looking around that little four-banger, and the top of the spark plug had blew off. And the only thing left was that little metal ring down there that screws in, and it's got the hole in it. And there was some interesting noises and things coming out of that hole on that spark plug. but my motor wasn't complete anymore and i couldn't move very fast it was a real slow process to get anywhere and when we don't take the word of god in its entirety and put it into practice in our life you know the bible says abstain from all appearance of evil That means that I don't want people seeing my car parked down at the casino. Right. I'm just going in for steak dinner, brother. Though I'm not gonna have an appearance of evil going on in my life. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we've got those things that we're completing because. We get up in the mornings and we're playing instead of praying. We go through the day. We never open the Bible up and we read it. And there's something about, I don't know how some folks figure out on how to go to church. I haven't figured it out yet. Almost wonder if they flip a coin. Heads, I go to church, tails, I stay home. Well, it fell off. That means I get to stay home. There's a beautiful song, and if you ever get to hear it, you ought to listen to it. Maybe it's just one that a preacher loves. I don't know. It's entitled Excuses. Excuses, excuses, you'll hear them every day. The devil will supply them if from church you'll stay away. There's something about me, man. I I just want to be in the house of God. I just love to be in church. I just love to hear the Word of God. I just love to hear the Spirit. I just love the worship that's going on because I want to be entire, wanting nothing. I don't want to be running on three cylinders in a four-cylinder motor. I'm I'm looking for the 16-cylinder Jaguar update. Hey, man, there's some times I need to move it in the spirit. Hey, man, I need to be able to recognize that devil before he ever gets to the door. Hey, man, because there's something about it. If you know the devil's on the outside, you can be like the little pig that locks the door. And when the devil comes, he can't open the door and slide right in. But some of us, that we are so far away from the book that we open the door and invite the devil in. Won't you just come on in? Tell me that dirty joke. Just come on in. Oh, my, just let me hear all that filth and garbage. My ear is a dump. Just pour it in. Yeah, that's good stuff. You got another load? Just like a my ear's not a dump. I read something over there about what we are to think on. Things that are pure, things that are holy, things that are good. Think on these things. That's what I want to hear. I don't read it in the book. If thy brother offends thee, go paste it on Facebook. I I want to be entire. I don't want to be wanting. I want the entire work done on me. I want the complete deluxe package of the heaven-bound express. I want to tell you there's a price to pay to have the blessings of God in your life. But it's worth it. It's the best investment you'll have in your life is when you invest in the kingdom of God, living for God. Prayer, seeking God's face, being in Bible study, having the attitude, God, use me, whatever you got for me, I I want to be that vessel. Because you see, when the person is done with realizing God's going to do a work to create patience in your life, you're going to be willing to wait upon God, you're going to be willing to trust in God, Then he says, if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Who giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering. The greatest weapon that the devil has to leverage against you tonight is doubt. He wants to come and plant seeds of doubt. Well, you just don't even try today, you're not going to make it. You just can't you just can't overcome that. You just as well to just admit right now you're whipped. Yes, sir. You just as well to go out there and just just do all the sin you can find because you're not going to be able to overcome it. The devil is a liar. He's a doubt. Right. I have never ever seen the devil come over and grab somebody by the ear and say, come over here, buddy. I'm fixing to, I'm fixing to stick this cigarette in your mouth and light it up and make you smoke it. I've never seen it. And there's something else I've never seen either. I've never seen a dentist... grab a pair of forceps or whatever they call those extractor things and chase somebody down the road hollering, get back here, I'm going to pull that tooth whether you like it or not. <laughs> right. yes, sir. Not you see, there's something about it. If you get to hurtin' bad enough, you're going to find the dentist. When the pain is greater than your fear and in your doubt, you're going to go find the one that can get rid of the pain. And tonight, if I can get you to realize that sin is your enemy. Sin is what is causing you pain. The rebellion against God and God's law. That law is liberty. The Ten Commandments is what is going to set you free. The Ten Commandments is what is going to give you peace and joy in life so that you are an overcomer. Oh, my. When you get to seeing and you get to looking in there and you get to saying, hey, this is out of the way and this is not right and I'm missing this and I'm missing that and I shouldn't have this and change me here and change me there. It's called repentance. Coming to God and saying, Lord, I missed it you know what? Sometimes we get to add to that. Lord, I messed up again. But what? He is faithful and just to forgive us. All we got to do is come to God with a repenting heart and a forgiving spirit. And he will forgive us of our sins and our trespasses. Come to him with that knowledge within us. You know, there's times you've got to come to that altar and you've got to pray, God, I'm sorry, I repent of this, but you're going to have to change me because my old nature don't want to die. My old nature don't want to change. I'm still mad at that person. I still want to get up and dot their I's and cross their T's. I still want to do it. Change me. It ain't the right thing to do. I want your power to change me. But if you will come to God with a sincere heart and refuse to stop seeking after Him, you will see the power of the Holy Ghost work in your life to deliver you from those things that have come against you. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted. We're reading the book of James here, James 1 and 14. I'm not quoting theory, I'm reading the book. James 1 and 14. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. talked about it this morning, how that God wants us to have the safety. God wants us to have the protection. How that they have guardrails on the side of the highway because somebody has had an accident and they don't want them to happen again. Get into the Word of God and put yourself in a place where you are not tempted and enticed by your own lust. Mortify the deeds of the flesh. And when lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin. Now, it's real simple. It's real plain. I don't know why God did it, but God did it. And so you need to hear this tonight, okay? As I was walking into the church tonight, a bird's business fell out of the sky and hit the sidewalk right in front of me. Thank God that it didn't actually fall in my hair okay we were very close but as the old timers used to say a bird may come by and make a deposit and you may not be able to stop that but I want you to know I have the control over the fact that a bird is not going to build a nest in my hair He may die-bomb me. The devil may try to entice me. But I have made a covenant with my God. And us guys, we've got to make a covenant with our eyes. Guys, summertime is coming. And there's a lot of people that are like the crazy man in the Bible that was possessed with devils. People with devils were always taking their clothes off. Kind of amazing when people get close to God, they put clothes on. Our world, how stupid they are. So I make a covenant. I make a promise. I I take the things out of the way that are the temptations, the things that are the problems. There's relationships that have to be severed. Severed, rather. The Bible says, Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Rather, reprove them. You know, if that guy on the job comes by to tell you that dirty joke, and you say, Hold on, I'm not interested in your dirty joke, but I've got a scripture I want to quote you. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. I want to tell you, what you're doing is going to show up. There's lots of other good scriptures you can quote people. They're going to get the message. Amen. There's times I've got to protect myself. I've got to build a wall around me. Yeah, that person may need God. Yeah, they may need help. But you don't have a ministry, guys, to the strip club. Sorry. Those girls in there need a lot of help, but you're not the one to do it. You got to protect yourself. The Bible says flee useful lust." There's a lot of devils you may be able to stand up to, but when those lust devils come by, guys, you need to hit the tarmac and get out of there. Amen. Let's go. I'm out of here. Uh, You know, there's just no benefit staying around messing with the lust devil. So we have within us that we are tempted. Our flesh has the lust. Our flesh has the old desires. The sin is there, and the thing that is tragic is when sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. Now, he he tells them in verse 16, he says, Do not err, my beloved brethren. And he's not really reaching out to them and telling them, Don't make any mistakes. That's not what he's telling them. In the old English style here, he's saying do not be deceived we see that later on in the verse that he confirms that that he's talking about deception here he's saying don't be deceived you know you may be fooled one time you may be tricked one time but allow god to give you wisdom and realize hey that is not what it says it is I'm not going down that path again. I'm not getting caught up with that devil again. I'm not being entangled with that power of hell anymore in my life. Verse 17, he says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning." so we see that god has good gifts that he wants to give unto us jesus made it very plain in his ministry that when you asked of god he's going to give you something that's good we never have to worry about coming down to the altar and calling out to god and seeking god thinking that something bad might happen to us when we asked of god he's going to give us good gifts he said, even even, in, even you carnal people, even you worldly people, if your son asks you bread, you're not going to give him a stone to eat. You know how to give good gifts to your children, and you are not even good people. How much more is your Father in heaven, which is good, going to give unto you good things? God loves you. He wants to bless you. I just want to be honest tonight. There's a lot of us tonight. If God gave us a million dollars, it would be a fast trip to hell. Do you know what? I believe that God could get me to a point in a place where that I could have a million dollars in my life and go to heaven. you see it's going to start out will I be faithful with $20 that God brings into my life will I be faithful with this will I look at it as a blessing from God and something that is used in my life be a blessing to others and to a help and that I realize how important it is to take my resources and the things that God has brought in my life and invest in that which is good and that which is holy around me. So many tonight are out there and they've got a bag with a hole in the bottom of it. And they're grabbing all these things and they're sticking it in the bag thinking it's going to make them happy. But it doesn't have God's blessings and it's just blowing out the hole. It's like a vacuum cleaner just sucking it out. They're losing it all. You know, you could, you could have somebody hand you $50,000 cash tonight. And you could go to Florida, to Disney World, this week and spend every penny of it and come home next weekend absolutely broke amen what are we going to be faithful with what we have God allow me to be that servant that says God what would you have me to do today allow me to be faithful Allow me to love my family and care about them and their well-being and their relationship. Amen. God loves our family. He wants our kids to have clothing on their back. He wants them to have shoes on their feet. He wants them to have a safe place to live. He don't want them to have to live in fear. And our kids know how to dodge bullets more than they know how to read the Bible. I'll never forget this. I was sitting in a computer classroom, working on a computer one day, and a guy was out front of the school there mowing the lawn with a riding lawnmower. And here's this big, big room, and it had this little bitty window in it that's two foot wide, about six foot tall, and the whole room, it just had one window. And he hit a rock, and you want to know where that rock went? right to the window Bing. and it kind of sounded like a little bit like a gunshot. and there was three or four kids in that classroom when that rock hit that window they jumped out of their chair and hit the floor and hollered hit the floor it's somebody with a gun something in their life had conditioned them to be in fear that wasn't my first idea I don't want my family to live in that condition. I want them to be blessed. I want a safe and secure place for our kids to go. I want good influences in their life. Amen. God is going to bless us, but it's going to take people that are faithful, that are willing to invest in the kingdom of God, that are willing to invest in their families, willing that they've got to build things. No, we don't have everything that we want today. We don't have everything that we're going to have. Because God is going to bless this church. He's going to bless these people that are willing to work and to continue to do the work of God. As we work together and as we build together and as we see revival, we're going to be able to help more people. We're going to be able to do more things. Amen. But we cannot destroy the future today with the present. May God give us the wisdom. The good gifts come from God. He's not a God of variable. Of His own will begat He us with the word of truth that we should be kind, rather, that we should be a kind of a first fruit of His creation. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. I know it is a challenge. Verse 26, in James 1 says, If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. It's a challenge. Sometimes we engage our tongue before our brain begins to work. We say things before we realize what the consequences of our words are. It was a nice little cute thing to sing in elementary grade school playground when somebody hurt your feelings. It helped you feel a little bit better maybe. Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never harm me. You went home and cried your eyes out because those words did hurt you. Somebody called you fatty. Somebody called you four-eye. Somebody called you string bean. Somebody called you slowpoke. Somebody called you brainiac. Somebody said, ooh, you got on ugly shoes. So many things that can hurt. tonight I would challenge you when somebody says something that hurts you that may God give us maturity and may we grow and realize the reason that person may be lashing out is because they're hurting so bad they tell me that it can be your little puppy dog that got hit by an automobile that you loved and cherished and lived with for many, many years, but it's very dangerous for you to go over there and try to pick that dog up and carry it off the road because that dog's going to be in so much pain that it'll turn around and bite its master, the one that has loved it and cared for it in all those years, have done nothing but good things for it. It's in so much pain. It's hurting. It's lashing out at anything and everything around you. How much better off when somebody says something that kind of bruises our ego? Somebody says something that kind of hurts our feelings and we just don't understand that we take just a moment and say, Man, that person may really be hurting really bad. They really don't know what they're saying. They're just hurting so bad that they are just lashing out trying to get their world back in focus. The world is spinning out of control around them. And, and, and they're just trying to get some solid ground. They're just trying to see if things are the way they should be. They're just trying to let people know, I, I want people to be honest with me, but I want people to love me, and I want people to care for me, and I, I want to know if I'm still important in your world. And, and, and you're not treating me like I really... I think I should be treated. Even though I, they won't tell you I know I don't deserve it, but it sure would be nice if somebody cared about me. Brother James also talks to us so much about how that humility humbles itself in the hand of God. That you may be exalted in due season. Jesus loved us when we were unlovable. Can we have something within us tonight that we would be able to love the hurting, the downtrodden? Tonight, I. I've been very blessed in my life. But I grew up with a dad that was a man that lived with tremendous pain in his life. When I was six months old, he was on top of a 24-foot scaffold. He was ejected off the top of that 24-foot scaffold and flew down and hit a concrete slab. He was announced dead on arrival at the hospital. Spent 90 days in intensive care. Multiple bones were broken, a crushed hip, crushed skull, broken arm. Many internal organs were damaged as a result of the intense hospital stay and immobilization. So I've lived with a person that dealt with a lot of pain in their life. But I want you to know, you can still love people. You can still love your family. And you can still make a difference in your world. What looked like a tragedy and a curse to so many see my dad the only thing he had was disability to feed his family he couldn't work but I had a dad that was home with me I was so blessed dad would take me to school in the mornings he would drop me off and I love you son when school was over dad would be there to pick me up take me home and say how's it going son I prayed for you today I would walk by and, and dad would quote me a scripture I was 10 years old Oh, dad's quoted that scripture a hundred times to me. Oh, I didn't know that which the devil had meant for evil, that which had been a tragedy of life. God was using it to put the word into my heart. God was using it to show me principles of the word of God. Please bear with me as my reminisce for just a few more moments because I feel like there's something that will help and bless somebody here. I'm just thankful for what God did. My dad was not a saint. He was not a miracle man. But he was somebody that loved this truth and he lived for God. He was an example of the believers. And I'm thankful for that. I was blessed. But my dad had a very loud voice. We had an auditorium there at the church. It was 60 by 100. 250 people could easily sit there in the facility, and at times it would be that many at meetings. We had dad hold a microphone because we wanted to record what he had to say. But it wasn't necessary for us to be able to hear him. That makes this point here important. Let you realize what's going on. I have to admit, I've always been a night owl. I love to stay up late at night, and I sleep to the last moment in the mornings before I get up and pray and do what I got to do. Always been that way. My dad was an early bird. He was in the Navy. He grew up in the country on the country farm and you got up with the chickens. So my dad would get up about five o'clock in the morning. Probably a lot of times he was got up because he hurt so bad he just got tired of laying in bed. My bedroom was right next to the kitchen. And dad would cook breakfast for the family that that ate breakfast. I wasn't able to eat breakfast very often. But before he'd cook breakfast, he knew nobody was up, he would pray. He was trying to be so kind and so considerate. He would take and he would close the kitchen door so he wouldn't disturb us as bad. But I'll never forget, when my dad prayed, you knew about it. He was reaching out to a God. Heard he's pray some prayers. Say, God, whatever it takes, I've got to be saved. Whatever it takes, God, don't let me be lost. God, save my boys. Whatever I can do, God, I want to help my boys be saved. He was taking all of the heartache and all of the tragedy that life had brought to him and allowing God's goodness and his mercy to come out of it. to Give him the things that were valuable. The things that were important. The love of God. Can you stand with me tonight? I want to tell you tonight. You've got to do. What you know to do. If it's wrong. Don't do it. He that knoweth to do good. And doeth it not. Unto him it is sin. You say preacher, it's a lot easier said than done. The power of the Holy Ghost tonight can help you. And the only way you're going to win those battles, the only way you're going to defeat those enemies is with a course of neology. find yourself an altar fall down on your knees and begin to pour out your heart to jesus reaching unto him saying god i need your help i need your touch the altars are open tonight i would invite you to come and begin to reach out to god he is here to reach down and to touch you he is here tonight because he loves you so very very much He wants you to know you don't have to leave here the way you came tonight. He wants you to know that you can. You can reach out to Him. Tonight. God wants you to know. I'm here for you. I'm here to hear you come starting over. Some of you got some things Gonna you need to redo. My castle down, over. Some disappointments. There's some pain in your life. Gonna move to higher ground,
2: You'll over. just reach out to
0: Jesus tonight. You'll feel His love. You'll feel Tieden His mercy. On the sand, oh God, I need you tonight. Oh I, need you. I need you so very much. Oh God, I again. need you I need you tonight. I- Castle I have built was such a grand affair,
2: built for only pleasure, built with.